This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to Church Online. I'm Reverend Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry, and I am so glad that you're choosing to join us today. I'm so glad that you found us online. We come together every Sunday to do church as a body of believers from all over the world with the hope that we will become more and more like Jesus. If this is your first time finding us, you'll, you'll figure out that we are in the second week of Advent. We are going to be looking specifically at peace. Last week, we ushered in December looking at hope, uh, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But this week, I think that you might discover that there's some new things that you maybe didn't know about peace. I think sometimes there are some misconceptions about what this word really is and what God really wants to do in this word for each one of us. So I'm excited with what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you today. And I'm excited for everything that the Lord is going to do. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity that we can come together as a body of believers and learn more about you. And Lord, as we started off the the service today, we pray for the nations. We pray for um, all those that are watching, all those that have not yet been reached, all those that are around the world. And we pray, Lord, that they will know who you are. We pray that, that they will come together and have a better, greater understanding of the gifts that we have in you. And ultimately that they will accept Jesus they will accept you into their hearts and have that salvation, have that the gifts of joy and peace and love and hope that only you offer in this broken world. So we lift up to you the nations today and we pray that those that are searching will find, those that are lost will seek you, those that are hurting will find refuge in you, those that are without hope and without peace will receive Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love and that you'll open up our hearts for what it is that you have for each one of us today. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves. Amen. I mentioned just a second ago that I believe that sometimes we have misconceptions about that word peace. But that shouldn't be surprising because there's a lot of times that we have misconceptions about just things in general. Lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, the way we've been brought up, the way things have been presented to us, maybe um, the way things we view as we look at the world. The scene behind me was one of my first misconceptions. I loved Jesus. I believed in Jesus as I was a young child, but this is what I thought Christmas was all about, right? And and to have a good Christmas, 
right? It needs to look a certain way. And I continued that way of thinking even when I started my own family. I wanted it to be something special, right? Something that I needed to create. And I would go out and look for the perfect tree and the perfect decorations. And I wanted the gifts wrapped just right. I mean, this was my conception of Christmas. And to have a good Christmas, you needed all of these things. The fireplace, the lights, the tree, the presents. But if we look at the Bible and how the people back in the day viewed things, they had misconceptions too. We're we're not just the only ones, right? And if you joined us on Tuesday, sorry, if you joined us on Wednesday for our online Bible study, I read to you um, some verses in Micah and I pointed out that how God had weaved this together, I was going to be able to reveal the rest of the story today on Sunday. And that's what I want to do for you. Some misconceptions that the people had then, 700 years before Jesus even came on the scene, and maybe some misconceptions that we have today, specifically regarding peace. So if you have your Bibles, you can get those out. I'm going to read to you from Micah 5, 2 through 4. It's the same text that I read on Wednesday for the Bible study. And again, this was written by Micah 700 years before Jesus was born. He was a prophet, and these are our prophetic words. But you, Bethlehem, prayeth, know you are small among the clans of Judah. Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Micah was prophesying about a coming king, a coming king who would shepherd his flock. And as I was doing my reading, and as I was uh, coming to uh, the birth of Jesus and, and wanting to spend time in that specifically this month, I was reminded of what was prophesied in Micah and how there would be this shepherd and how there would be joy and how there would be peace. Read with me Luke 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This was the very first time that as I read this, the word favor jumped off the page to me. Could this be correlated to peace? I mean, what does favor really even mean? Which brought me to Isaiah 66, verse 2. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. For a long time, I can honestly say that the Lord did not have favor. I did not have the Lord's favor because I certainly was not humble and contrite in spirit. And I certainly did not tremble at his word. I didn't even read his word. The Bible sat uh, nicely on my coffee table and I would need to dust around it. I did not have God's word in my heart. I wasn't living out my body and my heart and my mind and my spirit were not aligned with God's word. And you could definitely see that I had no peace. My life was the furthest from peace that you could, you could find. And I lived in anxiousness and depression. And I longed to fill a hole in my heart. I longed to have this peace that I didn't even, wasn't even aware that I was looking for it. But let me tell you, it didn't come with trees and gifts and lights and a fireplace. It was in Jesus Christ. And I missed that for a lot of years. So what is peace? The word peace is Greek for irene. It means peace rest, quietness. For, for many years, I had racing thoughts. I could not control my thoughts and there was no quietness. Every single thought that I had came up and played over and over and over again. Peace is the derivative of, of the verbs meaning to reconcile, to be at peace, to make peace. And it's one of those terms which more often than not is translated literally and concordantly in many translations. 
this tendency to translate peace literally does not seem to do justice to the term, which in itself is rich in meaning. A lot of times peace is translated as the lack of war, the, the lack of something which is opposite of peace. And I think oftentimes when we throw that word peace out there, that's what we're meaning. We want it to be the opposite of whatever is happening right now. Noise, loudness, war, fighting, strife. We want peace. And the people in the days of Micah, as they thought about these verses could imagine, just like the people during Jesus's times, that this savior, this king, this shepherd would bring them peace. Peace from uh, being under the thumb of whatever empire was uh, leading at that moment. For the people in Jesus's day, it was the Roman empire and they were under the thumb of the Romans. And when they were thinking about this Messiah, who was going to come and save them. They wanted the kind of peace that a ruler would come bearing a sword. They wanted the kind of peace that would stop this overtaxation, that would stop the beatings that were happening from the Roman guards, that would stop all of the abuse that was happening within their country. They wanted peace. And they wanted the, the king, the ruler, the savior, to bring them that peace. And that was their first misconception. Luke 19, 41 through 42 says this, And when he approached, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. You see, we're not the only ones that have had this misconception about the gifts of the season that Jesus wants to give us. This has been happening for thousands of years. Yet my question for us today is, are we finally going to get it? Are we finally going to understand what this peace truly is and why the Lord wants to give it to us so badly? Why he wants us to receive it? The word peace is introduced to us in the Old Testament as shalom and means completeness, soundness, and well-being. And it was first mentioned, this word, in Genesis 15. Even though his offspring would feel the sting of God's discipline, God promised Abram, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. Genesis 15, 15. That was the first mention of peace. Shalom. So what does peace look like for us? Not the peace that is absent of war, but this peace, this rest, this Shalom, this nothing 
missing and nothing broken. And what does it look like when Jesus becomes for us the Prince of Peace? I looked up some different words, some different things, the roles of of Jesus. Child, son, government, counselor, God, father, and prince. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. This peace that only Jesus can give us is what we need today. I don't know if there has ever been a time, and maybe each generation says this, I don't know, but that there's ever been a time in the world where we need peace for the world and for each person living in it as we look at the, the struggles and the brokenness and, and what's happening in the world, it feels like the enemy has amped up his game. Maybe he knows his window is closing and there's only so much time left before Jesus returns and he needs to pull out all the stops. He needs to cause as much problems and hardships and struggles for us as possible, hoping that we don't hang on, hoping that we give up, hoping that we lose our peace. But you see, Jesus Christ is the only reason we can truly live peacefully with God. It doesn't come from anything in this world. It doesn't come from presents and, and trees and lights and things. What we need to remember and realize is that the right relationship with God is the foundation for living in harmony with all his creation. In Jesus, our fears, our struggles, our hardships are removed and replaced with the promise, the hope, the gift of eternal life. And that's where we struggle. We talked last week about how we look at hope and we hope in things and we hope in ourselves and we lose sight of that hope in Jesus Christ because we're looking at things with our physical eyes. We're looking at our situations and saying, there's just no way I can see that God could break in and fix this. It's just too big. And a lot of times we're not living out peaceful lives because we're not focused on Jesus and understanding this gift that he wants to give us 
the son of God has become the prince of peace so that we, the children of God, may become peacemakers. It's transferred, right? The peace that we receive in Jesus Christ, we're then able to have that peace in our lives, in our families, at our workplace, at our jobs, in the world. And so the lack of peace that you see is because we're not receiving that peace from Jesus Christ and then we're not able to usher that peace out to those around us. With the peace of God reigning over our lives, we can bring heaven to earth. We can have that kingdom-minded thinking that we need to operate in this broken world. As we're waiting expectantly for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace because he alone is able to accomplish the things that we need in our lives. For instance, restoration. Through Jesus, we can have restoration in every one of our relationships. And a lot of times, those relationships can be broken. Broken because the two people that are involved or the multiple people that are involved are operating in the flesh and not able to usher in the kind of peace that we need to have that restored relationship. Only Jesus can do that. The rebellious nature in every man caused him to be an enemy to God, his neighbors, and himself. Because of sin, man wants a self-centered life independent from his creator. I know that because I lived it. I know exactly what this means. I wanted what I wanted. And I did not want to surrender my life to Jesus. No matter how hard it got, I still tried to figure out a way that I could create the perfect life. And I failed miserably. But I'm so grateful that the Lord kept pursuing me and kept wanting that relationship with me and did not want me to be separated from him because that's where I would be today. If I was still living the life, my old life, I would be separated from Jesus Christ. I would be focused on myself. I would be unhappy and depressed and mentally ill and struggling and still believing the misconceptions of my life and, and the lies that I believed from the enemy. I would still be there today, possibly not even here anymore because of uh, the road I was traveling. But God knew from the beginning that no amount of good works or efforts or things that we try to do in our flesh could save us from the bondage of sin and its eternal consequences. And for this reason, the word 
became flesh and came to earth to reach out to his people and offer himself up for forgiveness of sins, the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be restored back to God, so that we could experience God's shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. Jesus also is our Prince of Peace because he alone can offer us this well-ordered, balanced life. I can see from my past and how I used to live that there were so many struggles. There were so many things that were out of balance. So many things that I struggled with in my own life. And beyond the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs, every human needs salvation. We need an eternal life, a life with a creator, free from sin and death. We need God. We need balance. God is a God of order. And maybe... If you're struggling right now and you're just, there's something that you're missing. It's, it feels small, but it's just not working. Maybe you've got to take a few steps back and say, okay, what's out of order, Lord? What, what, where do you need to come in and break in and, and put things in the right order so that I can move forward? Sometimes it's a slight readjustment. It's a shift of our focus it's we've come off the path just a little bit and he wants to guide us back on he wants to shepherd us back on the path and number three jesus is our prince of peace and he alone is the only one that can give us that because he alone is the only one that can assure our eternal destiny. Jesus is the true God and is the only one that is able to give us the kind of peace that we need. His perfect peace, we may continue to experience the love of God that casts away our fears. I, I've tried other things and nothing works except Jesus. I've tried to buy myself happiness. I've tried to earn myself happiness. I've tried to create happiness. I've tried to just to, to find ways that I could do it in my own strength, in my own flesh. And I never could grab hold of it. It was never enough. It never filled the hole in my heart that only Jesus can fill. So peace, the kind of peace that the Lord wants us to receive this season and always. Peace with God, peace within ourself, 
and peace between other people. Peace with God is a gift. Peace within oneself is a fruit. And peace between people is a work. Let me explain. The gift of peace. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 6, 23. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1. Peace with God is a gift. Given freely through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it happens at the moment of salvation. It happens when you receive Jesus, when you surrender your life, when you receive him in to live in your heart as your Lord and Savior. That's the only time that you will finally grab on to that peace, that gift of peace. That's when you receive it. That's when I received mine. All the attempts, all the work, all the struggles, all the misconceptions. I finally understood and grabbed hold of that peace when I accepted Jesus into my heart. And I said, I can't do this anymore on my own. I need you to break in. I need you to work and move. The fruit of peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Peace within oneself. We need these things to work. We need these fruits to work. It's how we show, how we can tell people that we have Jesus living in us because we want to operate by these fruits. We don't want to operate by our flesh. And it takes time, right? I've been on this new journey since 2013. And this week alone, the Bible gave me new revelation and took me down a whole different path of peace and favor. And so we never stop learning. We never stop becoming more like Jesus. It takes time. And that's all the time that the Lord has, right? He has nothing but time. And we focus on uh, today, we focus on our calendars and our and our clocks and the kind of time that we can understand as humans. But when we think about the time of the Lord, there is no time limit. He is preparing us, teaching us, showing us how to be more like him. And that will never stop. It takes time. And then the work of peace and the work of righteousness will be peace and the service of righteousness quietness and confidence forever 
Isaiah 32, 17. Peace between people, between parties and groups and churches and nations results not from a quick prayer or a profession of faith, but it, it comes from the righteous work of peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemakers, our Lord said, for they shall be called sons of God. Sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. We need to be peacemakers. We need to be extending out those fruits of the Spirit. We need to be operating in a way where people look at us and say, what is different about them? Why do they have peace? Why do they have joy? Why do they have hope right now? When everywhere I look today, I don't see any of those things. Why are you experiencing these things? And that's when we can say, it's because of Jesus. And you can have it too. What misconceptions do you have today? Let's start with that. What misconceptions do you have about peace? I used to think that that word meant opposite of war, opposite of anxiousness, opposite of racing thoughts. But today I preach and teach shalom. I even have it on my shirt. It is nothing missing and nothing broken. It is God's original design. It takes us all the way back to the garden when he created the world and that was how he did it, right? It was perfect. There was nothing missing. There was nothing broken. And then sin entered the world and sin changed everything. But God had that covered too. You see, he worked on a plan to restore the world back to its original shalom. And he did that through Jesus. And thousands of years ago and 700 years ago and even now today, A.D., we can read who Jesus is. We can read the kind of king and ruler that he was sent to be. We can see peace through everything that he did. And yet we can still have misconceptions. We can still look at it and not fully get it. And today I want to encourage you to grab hold of this gift. When we have his peace, right? Then we don't have the enemy's dis-ease. Dis-ease is the opposite of shalom. God wants there to be nothing missing and nothing broken in our lives and the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy and give us nothing but dis-ease. And so when we look at our lives and we're feeling that lack of peace, when we're seeing that there are things that we're missing, when we're looking and seeing that 
things are broken, then that needs to be a wake up call for us to say somehow, some way, there is a door open into our lives that the enemy has access to work and move. He's able to come in and cause a lack of peace. And so we need to be aware and we need to be shutting the doors in our lives where the enemy cannot come in and work and move. Because ultimately God wants us to be fully restored. Nothing missing and nothing broken. He wants us to experience his shalom, his peace. And he wants you to receive it today. I read this meme that just popped into my head and it was this image of uh, four or six men carrying this casket. And it said something like, don't be carried into church this way. Walk in on your own. Because basically, when you're carried in, in the, in the casket, and you don't have Jesus yet, it's going to be too late. And there will be an eternity that you will live separated from God. And that is hell itself, right? Not even to mention uh, the place that the enemy is preparing, the fire and uh, the lack of peace. But it's being an eternity away from God. That is hell itself. Don't wait. Don't wait another moment. None of us know what tomorrow will bring. None of us know what the future holds. None of us know if this is our last day. Only God does. So I want to encourage you today to grab on to the gift of peace. Lay aside your misconceptions and the way that you have viewed things in the past and grab on to this truth today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that this week you showed me some new words, words that correlate together, words like favor and peace and shepherd. And I'm so grateful for who Jesus is. I'm so grateful for his heart. I'm so grateful for how he loves us. I'm so grateful that he shepherds us, shepherds us beside still waters, green pastures. We can listen by following his calm voice because his sheep know the shepherd and they follow him and let us be that today. Lord, you know exactly what each person that is watching today is going through, what they're struggling with, where their misconceptions are. And I just pray for a fresh revelation. I pray that something today where you spoke through me will encourage them to pick up this gift this season to open it and to have 
peace in their lives. We thank you and praise you for all the work and all the ways and all the things that you are doing. We love you and praise you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. Don't want to miss next week as we look at our next gift of the season. But until then, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.